This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shops, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Isabel Hardman and this is the Sunday Roundup. With Vladimir Putin continuing to wreak devastation in Ukraine, the United Nations has estimated that 2.6 million people have fled the country. The UK government has devised a Homes for Ukraine scheme aimed at resettling refugees with obliging citizens. Michael Gove, the minister responsible for the scheme, joined Sophie Rayworth to explain more about the details. Tomorrow we'll be launching um, a portal, a website, which will allow anyone who wants to help to register their interest. And then from Friday, um, we will have a a process set up whereby we can match named individuals, um, uh, families from Ukraine with individuals here. And I would hope that within a week, there'll be people who can benefit from that scheme. How do they find them, though? I mean, you're relying on people having to find the Ukrainian refugees in order to take them into their homes. It's not that easy, is it? It's the fastest way in which we can get people um, out of danger and into the United Kingdom. Um, And it is the case already that uh, uh, whether it's through uh, social media platforms or whether it's through charities and civil society, those connections are being made. We know that we have in this country, um, according to the most recent test of public opinion, uh, hundreds of thousands of people potentially who are willing to take uh, Ukrainians into their home. And that's the fastest way we know of providing people with support. It's a big commitment, though, isn't it? Because it's, yes. it's minimum six months. I mean, would you take somebody in? Yes. Um, I'm exploring what I can do. I know that there are others who have. Um, again, uh, without going into my personal circumstances, there are a couple of things I'd, I'd need to sort out. But yes. However, it is a big commitment. Um, and that's why we're providing £350 uh, per month uh, for uh, uh, for every you know household that comes here. It's also the case that we're providing money to local authorities in order to pay for the public services that people will need while they're here. And of course, people when they're here will be able to work as well and to contribute to society. How many people have already been given visas, have been granted visas to come here? Under the existing family scheme, just over 3,000. 3,000. So that's an increase. It was only about just under 1,000, wasn't it, at the yes. end of last week. So 3,000, there are 22,000 applications. It's still pretty slow. Well, we're processing them rapidly. And indeed, uh, the Home Secretary has deployed additional resources, m- more human beings, more technical capacity in order to ensure that we can process them. And of course, from Tuesday, the policy changes. So you no longer need to go to a visa application centre. If you have a valid Ukrainian passport, you can uh, simply apply online have your uh, application turned around relatively rapidly, then you will get notification. There'll be a PDF you can have on your phone or you can print out, and then you can come to this country. And the visa application centres themselves are now open uh, longer, more hours, more people being processed. Gove was interviewed earlier on Sky News with Sophie Ridge, who is back on the Sunday morning slot after taking maternity leave. Ridge also inquired about the nature of the new refugee scheme, focusing on the requirement that participants must explicitly name a Ukrainian person before they can house them. I mean, that's going to severely restrict numbers, isn't it? If you're a Sky News viewer, for example, Mm. you've got a spare room, you're desperate to do something to help after you've seen the appalling images from Kyiv and elsewhere... You don't know someone from Ukraine, do you? No, but uh, you you may do, but firstly, uh, the alternative to that would be government attempting to match uh, people in Ukraine to uh, individuals here. Um, And uh, that could be quite a slow bureaucratic process 
Um, it, we know that there are charities, and we're working with them, that are helping to identify people on the ground and helping to identify people here to create that matching process. So rather than it being simply government on its own, we want to make sure that uh, the, the web of individual connections um, and the, the good-heartedness of those who are supporting charities can help here. So we know that, for example, there will be churches and faith groups, that we know that there will be Jewish groups, we know that there will be uh, groups like uh, Stonewall and others that will be doing everything they can to identify individuals who can benefit and individuals who want to help. The Prime Minister's friendship with Lord Lebedev, the Russian-born businessman who owns the London Evening Standard, is in the spotlight after it was revealed that the former head of MI6 had expressed concerns about him. Lebedev has strongly denied that he is some agent of Russia. Rayworth asked Gove for his reaction to the idea that Lebedev might be a security risk. Can I ask you about uh, Evgeny Lebedev, um, yes. the owner of The Independent, the owner of The Evening Standard, his father, a KGB spy turned oligarch. You had dinner with him, didn't you, at Boris Johnson's house yes. uh, when you decided which side you were going to support in the Brexit referendum. Did you know then that the security services were worried about him? No. You had no clue at all? No. How do you feel about that now? Well, uh, Mr Lebedev, Lord Lebedev, um, is proprietor of the Evening Standard. He's someone who is a British citizen. Um, again, uh, there are reports in the newspapers today, but I know that uh, Lord Lebedev has, on the front page of his newspaper, condemned Putin's actions, and quite right too. Um, and uh, uh, again, I think there is a distinction to be drawn between the actions of parents and the actions of children. Do you think it's right, though, for the Prime Minister to have ignored concerns from the security services and to give a peerage to a Russian-born businessman who has links with Putin? I was not aware of any of the concerns that have been expressed until they appeared in newspapers. Um, again, um, I, I think it's important to draw a distinction between uh, uh, Evgeny Lebedev's father, um, uh, who obviously, as you pointed out, um, worked for the KGB, um, and uh, Lord Lebedev himself, uh, who is someone who has... Uh, made his home in this country. Of course, there are questions that are going to be asked, but um, no one has ever said to me that there are any specific security concerns that they have about Lord Lebedev. But uh, Keir Starmer was here last week and he said that there should be an inquiry into this and just to, to establish how this peerage was given. And there were concerns from the security services, we're told. And Keir Starmer says that should be looked into. Do you agree? Um, as far as I know, the process by which peer, peerages are appointed is one which is rigorous. There's a special committee that looks at the nominations that go forward. I'm sure that all the proper, proper processes have been followed. If not, then uh, uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, those involved will make that clear. The leader of the opposition, Sir Keir Starmer, returned to the TV studios this week. Starmer derided the government's efforts to accommodate refugees as too slow, too narrow and too mean. Ridge asked for his blueprint for what a Labour government would do in this situation. Would you like to see an uncapped number of refugees coming from Ukraine without visas to be housed here? What I want to see is very simple, and it's a simple, safe route to sanctuary for those that are fleeing for their lives. I mean, no one would disagree with that statement. No, well, they, that's, they, that's nobody would disagree. Plan. That's no, not a concrete plan like you want the government to Nobody would it. disagree with that, but we haven't seen that in recent weeks. But, but I mean, what, what the you, government what has you, put in place has been an embarrassment plan? to what's, our country. What's the concrete plan that you would like to see then? We want emergency protection visas, very simple, very straightforward, that could be dealt with en route, on advice centres, en route to the United Kingdom, so that by the time people are here, they can come straight in the country and get the support that they need. Very simple, very straightforward, should have been thought through weeks and months ago. Uh, the likelihood of an invasion of Ukraine was known weeks ago. The Home Office had been far too slow, far too mean in relation to this, and 
And frankly, the last few weeks have been an embarrassment for the United Kingdom in the way that it's dealt with refugees. So would you like to see an uncapped number of these emergency visas? Well, Sophie, I'm not going to pluck a number out the air in the middle of this conflict. We can all see what's happening in Ukraine. No, I'm not asking for a, a number, I understand. Um, but I'm just saying, would you like to see a cap on the number or would it be uncapped? I think, look, we need to work with our allies across Europe in a coordinated way and the UK has to play its part. I heard Michael Gove say tens of thousands. I think plucking a number is wrong. We don't know where this conflict is going to go. We all hope that it de-escalates, but we don't know that. And therefore, anybody today putting a number on it, I don't think it's being realistic. I'm not asking for a number. I'm asking if it should be capped or not. That's quite different. Well, no, I don't think it should be. A cap is a number. No cap, then. Look, a cap is a number, and I'm not going to. And I'm not a asking number. you. I'm not asking you whether what the number should be, but I'm asking if if there should be a cap or it should be. Uncapped. We should provide sanctuary to all of those that are fleeing for their lives, um, that uh, want to come to the United Kingdom and play our full part. It shouldn't I, I, I be just... capped. The fallout from the war is likely to exacerbate the cost of living across the world, putting pressure on everything from the price of wheat to the price of fuel. Ridge asked what measures Labour was looking at to combat soaring bills. What we've said is do something now to deal with the energy bills that people are facing. As everybody knows, most people are going to face an energy bill rise of about £700 in just a few weeks' time. Um, and now, with what's happened internationally, there's likely to be another £1,000 or so in the autumn. So we, the Labour Party, have said, take action. What we would do is have a windfall tax on the oil and gas companies in the North Sea who have made more profit than they expected because of the global price. And you just trust more, them to pass that on then to consumers? More, in their own words, more money than they know what to do with. Use that to reduce the um, energy bills for households by up to £600 for those particularly in need. So a very direct act that we would do. The government says, no, 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 we don't want to ask any more of the oil and gas companies. We will ask working families um, and families to do it instead. We'll give them a loan... Is there not a worry, though, if you're... give them a loan of £200, which they will then pay back over the next few years. So the political divide here is huge. We say oil and gas companies have to pay their part, particularly when they've had profits they didn't expect. The government says we're going to hammer working families... But at the same time... Last week, Starmer forwent the opportunity to demand Boris Johnson's resignation, instead calling for unity as the chaos of the war unfolded. Starmer stressed that the truce was not going to last. Some people were slightly confused about whether you're still calling for the Prime Minister to resign at the minute or because of Ukraine, you've withdrawn that call. What is the position on that? Do you think Boris Johnson should resign? I haven't changed my mind on Boris Johnson. I think he's lost the moral authority to lead. I don't think he's fit to be our Prime Minister. Um, I can't force him to resign. Only Tory MPs can do that. But I have to say that just at the moment, my total focus is on the Ukraine and what we have to do in response to the Russian aggression there. And I think everybody would understand why my focus is on that vital issue just at the moment. Yeah. And finally, Rayworth spoke to the Polish president, Andrzej Duda, asking him about Putin's potential use of chemical weapons in Ukraine. A translator relayed Duda's stark words. Well, of course, everybody hopes that he will not dare do that, that he will not use weapons of mass destruction, neither chemical weapons, nor biological weapons, nor any form of nuclear weapons. Everybody is hoping that this is not going to happen. But as we say in Poland, using a little bit of an English expression, if he uses any weapons of mass destruction, then this will be a game-changer in the whole thing. 
And for sure, the North Atlantic Alliance and its leaders led by the United States will have to sit at the table and they will really have to think seriously what to do. Because then it starts to be dangerous, not only for Europe, not only for our part of Europe or our region, for Central Europe, but for the whole world. That's all for this week. I'm Isabel Hardman and this podcast was produced by Matthew Taylor. Don't forget to subscribe to the Coffee House Shots podcast on the iTunes store. And if you enjoyed this podcast, do subscribe to our daily evening blend email. It's a free roundup of all the political news each day, along with analysis and a diary on what to expect next. Just go to spectator.co.uk forward slash blend. Thanks for listening and do join us again next week. <laughs>